Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I am your host, Antonio Garza. And it is a beautiful night, 74 degrees. The wind is flowing at a 14 miles per hour. And we are here to talk some wrestling. We got DDT, we got Gato Move, we got a big preview, another big preview uh, for the weekend. And as always, the Impact Traffic Report. Uh, it was a... A, a chill weekend, I think we can say, now that the New Japan Cup is over. And we can now start to watch other promotions, which, who have been also like leading up to big shows. Uh, some of which happened this last weekend, and some of which are going to happen on the next one. The first show that, that I watched this weekend was the 24th anniversary of DDT. That being DDT Judgment 2021. It took place on March the 28th at Corvacan Hall. And this was the, the show that was main evented by Jun Akiyama's first defense of the KOD Openweight Championship against Kasusada Higuchi, uh, which was a fantastic, fantastic match. Um, just two mean dudes like beating the shit out of each other for the most part. Uh, they told a nice story about uh, Akiyama, this like pretty much dismantling uh, Higuchi's chopping arm, which is his biggest weapon, or, or at least he has been building his chops so strong in the last months that that's the thing that Akiyama went for. So he just like stomped on the fingers. He like uh, work, pretty much like just worked the hand for the most part. Um, in addition to always like going for the Akijama moves, you know, the knees and the sternus drivers and all that stuff. And on the other side, you had uh, Higuchi, who pretty much had to fight through the pain. Uh, at first, he couldn't use the, the hands, so he started using his head to headbutt Akiyama, stuff like that. As, as the match went on, you know, he was fighting through the pain. And it got to the point where his hand is just like a limp, uh, I don't know, like piece of meat. <laughs> and he started using it to chop Akiyama. So he came back when he started uh, chopping Akiyama. That's when he really like brought him down a little bit. But the damage was done. And so the match continued. Uh, we had like a great exchange of uh, suplexes, like old school, old, old Japan. Uh, we got like a bunch of striking exchanges throughout the, the match. Uh, we had some near submissions, uh, mostly Akijama working the hand and, and forcing Higuchi to, to reach the ropes. And Higuchi kept like having little comebacks here and there. Um, yeah, at the end, we had a, a strong ending sequence where Akijama, like, he got a strong win because it was definitely like decisive like Akiyama was the better man this night but I wouldn't say Higuchi looked bad in any form uh he looked like he looked like the freight train that just happened to had a bad night and that was like the really best thing about this match is that 
this wasn't a, a an Akiyama that was just like that destroyed Higuchi. Like this is a Higuchi that at any point could come back, have a rematch and win it uh, because he was like really, really kept strong in that sense. And so I, I really, really love this match. This was the match to go out of your way to watch, especially for this show. Um, I don't know, like there's there's really not much else to say. It was just like, it was in a way like just a, a pair up that worked perfectly. Um, that these two guys are really similar to each other. Um, I like it, it's hard to say that because Higuchi is like just considerably younger than Akiyama. Uh, and I wouldn't say Higuchi reminds me of a young Akiyama, but right now at the, at the point of Higuchi's career and Akiyama's career they just perfectly merged together and, and they had a perfect match well not perfect just a really really good match um <clears throat> prior to the the match itself we had the video package to to build it up and it was awesome they played uh, uh which is i remember this song from the end of evangelion <laughs> i don't know if everyone if, if, it, if it's part of something else but that's where i remember it from and so I was marking out at that. It was just like such a weird song to listen <laughs> uh, during an Akiyama and Higuchi build-up package. But the, the storyline here was Akiyama's chasing uh, to get the one loss he has in the promotion. Uh, he's trying to, to fix that. And Higuchi is a guy that he has been with DDT for a while. And he was just thinking like, well, I mean, Akiyama is still an outsider. And... I want the whole DDT roster to elevate themselves and to defeat Akiyama and, you know, regain the title, for instance. And so it was a, a good, simple story coming in to, to the match. And I think it really, really helped. And after the match, uh, we saw, well, I mean, finally we saw Akiyama wear the belt around his waist. That was something that he said he wasn't going to do until he got his win back from Higuchi and so once he did he finally will wear the the championship around his waist and afterwards he called out well he didn't like call him out but he kind of called out Dan Shokudino and they pretty much challenged each other to a match uh, that's going to be taking place on April the 11th so it's going to be Dino versus Akiyama and this is going to be really interesting because um this kind of reminds me like when they were I don't know well it's hard to compare it to other stuff because the whole idea here is that the Dino stuff the all the the butt stuff the anal stuff like it's not the type of shenanigans that Akiyama goes for and so he straight up say like all that stuff doesn't work on me. I'm gonna take you like a serious challenger, and I'm coming for you. And but on the other side, like I don't know, like it's gonna be interesting to see what Akiyama can bring out of Dino, and to see how much will Dino be able to get Akiyama to play his game. And I'm talking like just straight up non kayfabe love. I'm really interested to see what Akiyama is going to be willing to do for 
uh, Dino and the other way around. So I'm I'm really interested in that match. I don't think it's going to be like a work rate match like at all. Uh, but I'm really interested to see what comes out of this match. I think that's going to make it interesting um, for sure. And that was the main event of this show. If we go from the bottom to the top, the show opened with a really nice uh, opening video package. Just like pretty much since they're celebrating the 24th anniversary of the promotion, they were just showing like the a list of all the champions that they've had and they have they've had a lot a lot of champions so it was a a good um video package the opening match was chris brooks and toy kojima versus yuki ino and yosuke okada uh with ino and okada defeating the, the team of brooks and kojima this was a really good opener um we saw okada and kojima have a match in the i think it was a the March 18th show, a uh, singles match, and it was really good. Okada is just fantastic. And Kojima's a guy that he's still one of the rookies, but he, I mean, he can bring it. But the the great thing about this match was actually watching Eno and Brooks pair up. I don't remember ever seeing them have a singles match or just straight up like pair up for like long sequences. And so this was like a really, really nice treat for me. Uh, I really wouldn't mind seeing a singles Eno versus Brooks match. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if it actually happens uh, for the the hardcore title, the, the title that Brooks has right now. So I don't know, like maybe we'll see that soon. I really, really would like to see that. <laughs> uh, we also got Soma Takao defeating Hideki Okatani. Again, Okatani is just one of those. Uh, he's part of Junretsu. He's... Uh, uh, one of the younger rookies. Uh, I think he only surpasses uh, Kojima and the new rookie that's about to debut that I don't have his name at, like close by. But um, this was uh, pretty, I mean, it was, this was similar to your opening Young Lions type of match where just the established guy uh, defeats the rookie. Uh, he the rookie gets like a couple of hot spots, or not hot spots, like hope spots, and maybe one or two near falls, but then Somataka just won. Um, like, really nothing to this, but just like straight up good wrestling. Uh, I think Soma won with gin and tonic. We then have the comedy match of the night. This was Denchoku Dino, Makoto Oishi, Sakiakai defeating the team of Akito. Keigo Nakamura and Toru Owashi. So the whole story of this match, uh, it started prior uh, to the match. And this is actually that's going to build the Akiyama Dino um, standoff. Is that Dino went to Oishi and he's like, hey, I invented this new move. And if we do it together, we can make it work. The idea is that, I mean, he's pretty much going to do the same move that he always does. Just pull down his pants in the corner and then Oishi was going to ram someone else's head into Dino's ass. Um, and it was going to be called uh, an analing dead, a play of the walking dead, because uh, once someone got rammed into Dino's ass, he, was, he or she was going to turn into a zombie. Um, so the, the, 
after Gino says all of this, Oishi says, like, dude, I joined Junretsu. I cannot do any of this shit anymore. Um, I'm, like, a serious wrestler now. And so Dino and, and Oishi just are having trouble. The match starts, and Oishi just, like, now is, like, a super, like, uh, like, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Like, just anally about following rules and like quote unquote real wrestling, like to the point that she's calling uh, Owashi's Lucha Libre like fake wrestling. And he's like, No, I need to hold the, the ropes. I cannot go in and save Dino. And so that was the story. Like, uh, Oishi's just like straight up not helping Dino when Dino needs him. Uh, he's not like breaking pins or anything. And when Oishi's in trouble, like he's like, I don't need Dino to to help me. Like if if I lose, then it's because you know, I we were uh, bested, and so there's just this dissension between Oishi and Dino, and it reaches a point where Oishi really needs help, and and Dino's like, I mean, he doesn't need my help, but Saki Akai convinces Dino to to help him, and so Dino's like, Dino thinks that. Um, things are okay, and and you know, like let's 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 do the analing dead, and so Dino sets it up. He he goes to the corner, but Oishi will not, uh, you know, be a good teammate and, and put someone's face into Dino's ass. And so you have Owashi and Akito like straight up just talk to Oishi like, hey, like dude, like you are the guy who's supposed to. Uh, be there with Dino and make things work for him and for you and like who else is going to put Nakamura's head in Dino's ass if not you and so eventually uh, they kind of convince him they he goes for it Nakamura uh, reverses and so Oishi goes into Dino's ass Oishi becomes a zombie pulls down his pants and also just like uh, sets up in the corner with his pants down and after this, uh, Dino just got the the win over Nakamura with the Gato Clutch. And that was pretty much the match. Like, the match itself, it really wasn't anything. But when it came to Akijama, like, he did say, like, Hey, Oishi, like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, like, what is this thing that you're doing with, uh, with Denshuku Dino? And it's through that thing that Denshuku Dino comes out and you know, gets in Nakiyama's face because Dino's like, you know, I like, I don't know, like, he, I think D, it's the same story. Like, Dino thinks that Akiyama is an outsider. And so, like, he probably didn't care until he started messing with his buddies, being Oishi. And so that's where why then Shoku Dino went after Akiyama. And so that's the story that's happening there. So, I don't know, like, I think it's, if, if you're going to build Dino versus Akiyama, that's, I think, as best as you can build it. <laughs> uh, so no complaints there, really. Uh, we had the Ultimate Tag League 2021 announcement. Uh, the tournament's going to be starting on May the 9th. I think it's going to be a couple of weeks because it is a round-robbing tournament. We have five teams only, being Eruption, being Higuchi and Sakaguchi, we got uh, the Junretsu team of Akiyama and Oishi. We got the 37 Kamina team of Takeshita and Shunma Katsumata. We have a team called, well, it was called like Europe, 
Europe representatives uh, being Chris Brooks and Antonio Honda and the damnation team of uh, Sasaki and Hino. Uh, I guess it's just like slightly interesting here that uh, like we're not going to be getting like a uh, disaster box team. I don't even know if disaster box is still a thing. Uh, but yeah, like for instance, Harashima is not here. Um, there's no, there's really like no, like the home team, if like if that makes sense, you know, like there's no like Hirata or Washi or Harashima or Gino. Uh, so it's it's interesting. Um, but no, it looks good. I think there's potential for some interesting matches. Honestly, having Honda there is going to be interesting because, I mean, we're going to get like Honda Akiyama or Honda Hino, Honda Higuchi. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, that, that starts on May the 9th, if I am not mistaken. Next up, we had the KOD 8-man tag team title match. This was the Antonio Honda. Kazuki Hirata, Shinya Oki in Super Sasadango Machine, the champions or former champions, being defeated by Team Thoroughbred, uh, being Sanshiro Takagi, Yakan Nabe, Yukio Naya, and Chikara. So, just like straight up coming into this match, I wasn't super familiar with Chikara and Nabe. I know Chikara from All Japan Pro Wrestling, I've seen him a couple of times, but he's like part of Joshitatsu's group so I don't even like really pay that much attention to him and he's not like he's like the third guy in the promo in the team the stable so I, I I don't know like to me he's just there uh he's an okay wrestler like nothing special to be honest and Jakan Nabe as my understanding is that he is a comedian turned wrestler who has been wrestling for BBJ that being a best body japan which is a promotion that I, I cannot say that i've seen anything from it i just i had heard of it uh, i've seen the logo but that is it like i had no experience watching uh best body japan and so i really didn't know much about navi uh all that i can tell you is that he's like a five foot uh tall person so it was kind of like just interesting to see what he was going to be doing. But the match itself, I didn't think it was anything special. It was like it wasn't bad, but it just like, I don't know. I, I didn't really see much of it. Um, Aoki and Chikara did some stuff. Honda did the Gonda Fox spot about Star Wars. And it really seemed like they were just like using this match to push Naya a little bit because he got the win over Sasadango Machine with a backdrop driver and that was it um i think like in my head i wasn't that into this match because i did not expect team thoroughbred to win the titles just because of chikara and nave being there like i didn't expect the titles to change but indeed they did and so i mean we have new champions uh that i guess that means that we're going to be seeing more chikara and nave around and you know we'll, we'll see uh, now that I, I've seen him once at least and I am more interesting to I like I'm more interested to see what they're gonna be doing. Um they're both pretty charismatic guys, like Chikara especially. So 
I don't know. We'll see what they what they do. the The titles have been like the other team have been pretty active for a while. So I'm hope I'm hoping that team Thoroughbred is also going to be active. Uh, and then we had a fantastic, fantastic six minute match. <laughs> this being Harashima versus Yukio Sakaguchi. And for a six minute match, this is as good as it can get. This was just like, with with considering the time restraint of six minutes, this was like almost a perfect match. They started with great like chain wrestling, transition into strikings, and then Harashima got the roll up win. And so we know that Eruption and Harashima and Okawayashi are going to be wrestling also on the April 11th show uh, for the tag team titles. And so here with this match, we're building to the idea that Harashima, like they're building, in my opinion, two things. One, Harashima can still get the, like not the upset, but like the surprise win if he finds the opening. So that's good. And the other one is that they're really cementing the idea that when you have someone like Sakaguchi and Harashima for that matter, who also like gets into striking, and you obviously are also going to have Okabayashi and Higuchi who are strikers, uh, like mostly, uh, you're, you're establishing the idea that any strike can at any point, like not necessarily like knock you out, but at least also can like, like stumble you and give the opening for the roll up win. And so it's a good, it's a, it's a good thing to establish early on at this point that remind us to that a match can end up, you know, at any point at because of something as simple as a strike. So I, I, I really, really enjoyed this. It was just like, again, six minutes of Sakaguchi and Harashima. And it wasn't even like a heated thing. Like they straight up just fist bumped at the end. It was a, a thing of respect. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, honestly, like, bang for your buck you can't get anything better than for than this for a six match uh six minute match we had the wrestle peter pan announcement for 2021 it will be taking place on august 21st uh the place is uh fujitsu stadium kawasaki uh this is a soccer field that was built over the kawasaki stadium which i mean it's a stadium that has uh quite a wrestling history um all i know of those places that it's huge i don't know what the setup is going to be obviously because it is open uh it's like it's open air and it is a soccer stadium so it's like i can't imagine they're gonna use like the edges the far edges <laughs> for people but um i am guessing they're going to do like a similar thing to a like a baseball show where you have people surrounding the ring and then you have some one side of the stands uh, full. This is taking place on August. So hopefully by August, uh, Japan has their things on place and they can straight up open all the seats that they want to have. If not, at least it's, oh, it's open, you know, so they can, they can have a, a, a packed show. And I think uh, DDT for sure has the potential to to fill out the place. 
especially for Peter Pan because they've they've been having like some pretty pretty good uh, shows. Like this particular show, I can't really say that they had like incredible incredible um, you know audience numbers, but they did have about seven hundred uh, paid tickets in Corwakan Hall and if we want to compare straight up with uh new japan pro wrestling right now if we go to their last show uh, let's see kuroakan hole they did less than 400 tickets on the 29th show so yesterday and so granted judgment 2021 was a far bigger show than a rose to sakura genesis but it just shows that people are interested in watching DDT. Uh, so I think that's a good sign that they can potentially sell a big, big place like this venue. Uh, and finally, the only match that we have left to talk about. This was a four on four match with Damnation, the team of Daisuke Sasaki, Matt Pauly, Tetsuya Endo and Juji Hino versus the 37 Kamina, Konosuke Takeshita, Mao, Shunma Katsumata, and Yuki Ueno. This was just like a really, really good match. Like everyone had their working boots on, even Bali and Sasaki. Um, there really wasn't a story itself, but there were two things that they were trying to do. One is uh, with Juji Hino, they were showing that neither Mao, Katsumata, or Ueno could like really move him or hurt him. But Takashita was uh, like, he's the one guy that can beat the shit out of Hino. So that is a good thing to establish that, you know, Takashita is definitely like incredibly overpowered. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, they seem to be doing a lot of Saisaki versus Ueno pair-ups uh i think this is the second time that they've done it as of late and so again i wouldn't be surprised if they build up to sasaki versus bueno for the universal championship at any point in the next couple of months we know that the next match is going to be juki bueno versus soma takao and i think that's taking place all the way in march um no that sounds like way too much uh I mean March May, but um, I know that's I think his next defense. Uh, so it may just be the matter of that after he defeats Somotakao, Sasaki can come out for the challenge. Uh, hell, I mean maybe that's the Peter Pan match, you know, Sasaki versus Bueno for the Universal Championship. I mean Sasaki is a former Universal Champion, so it wouldn't be surprising to see him going after it. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean the rest of the match saw. Like Takeshita and Polly had the, the finishing sequence. Takeshita won with um, with a German bridge. We saw some Endo versus Takeshita. Mao and Katsumata were just like as usual, like just all over the place with the good stuff. And that was it. Um, like a really, really good match. I, I almost went the four stars. Uh, it was like a three and three quarters. Uh, no, actually, it was like a, it was, I think it was a four stars. Uh, but yeah, definitely like a really, really good just match. Um, Takeshita, I think. Well, I don't think. Uh, Takeshita 
recently came out the news that he asked for some time off from the promotion um he i think he only asked for like about a month so it's not that much i think he will be just back for like as soon as the tournament starts uh, which to me it just sounds like he's taking time off because i in my opinion like to me takeshita will win the championship from akiyama at wrestle peter pan and so I think so, unless they want to hold out to Ultimate Party. But I think Russell Peter Pan should be like the, the crowning moment. And if that is the case, it's okay to let him just like start taking some time off, you know, like re not reinvent himself, but get ready into like establishing the, the Takeshita that will be chasing the championship. Uh, the story is already there. They've had a, a big feud last year, so... There's really not much else to add, but just like pull the trigger. And that was DDT Judgment 2021. Uh, a really, really enjoyable show. Um, like even if you are one of those people who don't like the DDT comedy, like I can tell you this was just like, like straight up a great show with only one comedy match. Like the other comedy match wasn't really that comedy all to like to it being the kod eight man tag team title match uh but yeah like everything else was fantastic the the main event is just definitely like something worth out of your way to watch for sure and i don't know they seem to be starting to build some things here and there for for bigger shows that april 11th show already sounds really good with akiyama versus dino and Eruption versus Harashima and Okawayashi. I haven't really seen if they added anything else. Uh, but I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to add some really good stuff. And that was it for DDT. The other shows that I watched during this weekend was on, on Friday and Saturday. Uh, it was Got the Moves Choco Pro number 100, the 100th episode of, well, 100th show, I guess of Choco Pro and I have to apologize last time in the previous show I when I was doing the preview I straight up just miss half of the cards uh even though like the, the match that I want to see the most of these two shows was Mei versus Misuki I straight up forgot to mention it uh because the list that I had hadn't been updated and so I tried to update the audio file on Spotify but I just kept getting the same one I don't know if that was my case because it was already preloaded in my app but either way i apologize um but i did watch both shows live as they were happening i thought like for sure the second match was like really really good the first match the first night was i would say good um the the show opened with the Asia Dream Tag Team Title Match, the fans of the best bros, Balianaki and Meisuruga defeating Emi Sakura and Minoru Fujita. This was really good. They went almost half an hour. Um, obviously, they're, they're building Aki and Fujita for tomorrow, so it was kind of weird to see like who was getting the upper hand over the other one. Uh, once I saw... Aki and Suruga actually 
retain the titles. I kind of figured that Fujita was going to win the title the next night, but even then they they had a uh, Sakura take the pin. Uh, so it was just really good. Uh, like I don't know, like these are four of your best wrestlers in the little promotion, and so they just had like a really good match. Any combination was working uh, pretty good. Um, and yeah, like 28 minutes in, in Ichigaya Chocolate Square, it, it sounds hard, but they actually pulled it off. Uh, we had Chon Shiryu and Sayuri defeat Sayaka and Sayaka Obihiro. Uh, Sayaka is returning again uh, from after taking almost like a, a year off or a year from the promotion. I don't know if she has been working somewhere else. Uh, the match was okay. I am not the biggest like Chon Shiryu fan, but I do love Sayuri and I love Sayaka, both Sayakas. And so I enjoyed this match. Um, but yeah, the, this, this was arguably the weakest match of the whole night. This only went about 12 minutes. Uh, the next match was Chango and Psycho, who prior to this show, I didn't really know much about them. I now know that they work a lot of, uh, they've done like OWE, they've done DDT, they've done um, like Osaka style, uh, a lot of freelance stuff for the most part. They've like Triumph and like all that's those like smaller promotions. Um, I think they even done like Zero One uh, in All Japan, like back in 2019, 2AW, stuff like that. But I didn't really, I wasn't really like familiar with either guy. They just seemed like uh, Fujita's hardcore crew. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised. They, they had done uh, Choco Pro prior to this show. Uh, but th this was like, um, like they've, I think they've done Choco Pro like for or Gato Move to be more precise like since 2013 when the Gato Move probably started um but I I I don't know like a lot of those matches are, are from before I started following I started following Gato Move in 2019 and so in 2020 I don't think they I think they may have like one or two matches I don't know I I just don't remember seeing them um but uh, I thought the match was good. Uh, Chango and Saiko defeated the team of Chi Kushinikawa and Hagane Shino. Uh, Chi and Shino seem to be... It's a weird team. Um, I don't know where that team is going to be heading into. Mostly because it feels like like their, their interactions are so interesting. Uh, that sometimes I feel like Shino's going to turn on Chi or that yeah like just that she is going to turn to like get tired of chi and turn on her but um at the same time it just feels like a really strong pairing and i wouldn't be surprised if they eventually are the ones to dethrone the best of bros so we'll see uh but the match was good chango and psycho got the win over she um so good and we had Antonio Honda and Tokiko Kirihara defeat the team of Chris Brooks and Lulu Pencil, the, the I guess the new Neo uh, Pencil Army installation. Uh, this was fun. I always enjoy seeing Brooks versus Honda. I enjoy seeing Pencil versus Honda. 
and Kitty Hara is always good. Uh, she she does good with Brooks, for instance, the type of wrestling. So I, I enjoyed this match. This went about almost 18 minutes, which seems kind of long for a Honda match, but they made it work. Honda was uh, just wearing this crazy makeup. Or not crazy, just like super over the top. Um, but yeah, I I don't remember ever. Like, I, I don't think he did the Gone the Fox spot in this match, which was a good change. Uh, but th they did the whole atomic elbow and all that stuff, the bionic elbow. So good stuff. Um, Brooks was wearing a pink overall, which is a really good look for him. He should consider it for his DDT shows. I do not disapprove. And then we had the main event of the night, which was the Pure J Openweight Championship match, but where Kaori Yonayama defeated Juna Misumori to retain the title also in about 18 minutes. Another really, really good match. Uh, Yonayama works really good with, with Yuna. They, uh, I think because they're both similar height and build, they tend to, to just like look good going against each other. Because um, like sometimes when you see Yonayama, like for instance in Stardom, when you see her go against Lady C, it, it just, it, I don't know, like it doesn't always work. But uh, here with Yuna, they just like, I don't know, like it just looks like way more natural uh, when they're wrestling. And so it was a good match. I, I was not expecting to see Yuna win because uh, I, I did not expect the Pure J Championship to change hands at a Choco Pro show. Uh, that just like, I don't know, like it's really hard to see that happening. Um, even though like the, the promoter was there and he, like the match was pretty official. Um, yeah, like it was really official. Uh, like th this, this championship is like it's from Pure J, the the promotion Pure J, but it's a championship that like tends to like jump around, or not jump around, but it's a it's a championship that gets defended in several promotions. Um, but even so, I did not expect uh for Pure J to allow, uh, yeah, like Yuna to win, <laughs> uh. I, I, so I don't know, like, but it was a good match for sure. Um, I I think I liked the uh, the best Rose and Sakura Fujita match a little bit more than the Yonayama Misumori match, but it was about the same. Um, I think I gave both matches about like a three point five stars. Uh, yeah, like about a seven out of ten. And then we had the next night, uh, the the one on the 28th this also was a five match card it's open with emi sakura and sayako vihiro defeating rinrin and sayaka uh sakura was replacing um uh, yuna misamori because misamori got booked i am guessing like last minute she got booked in a diana show against um Jaguar Jokota of all wrestlers and so I'm guessing she was like dude 
I I need to go wrestle Jaguar, Jakota, like, and so uh, Miss Amori was there, and then Miss Sakura replaced her, and she and Obihiro, who are actually like a, a kind of like one of those established teams in Chocopro, defeated Rin Rin and Sayaka. Rin Rin was returning. Um, it's weird, like in the last year that I haven't seen Rin Rin, she does look like older now. <laughs> Like she still dresses us up like the old Rin Rin, but she looks older. Um, and Sayaka was like the same. Like it was an okay match, you know, your opener, eight minutes. Uh, we had the team of Chi Koishikawa and Haganashino defeat Shon, Shiryu, and Sayuri. So last night, Sayuri and Shion got the wins, and Chi and Shino got lost. And so they pretty much like turned it around this time another good match um here i i thought it merged better than the the matches they both teams had the last night because i guess chino versus chidio is like a better matchup and sayuri and, and chi are also like better matchups um but it's it's also nice to see that sean chidio and, and sayuri are starting to be like more of a, an actual team uh, that was quite enjoyable. We had Gabai Jichan and Kuchimbo Kamen defeat Emi Sakura and Lulu Pencil, the, the other version of the Pencil Army. Uh, Kuchimbo Kamen is the guy that has the candies and always points at his knee. And Gabai Jichan is the old man wrestler. And so there was a lot of just like spots about uh, mostly working on on the gimmicks of Kamen and Gabaiji-chan. Uh, Gabaiji-chan did a lot of spots with his like, like walking stick or just being slow. And Kamen was doing some spots about, you know, his knee and all that stuff. And so it was just, uh, it was just like the perfect combination of both teams and like to it. Like for instance, a really good uh, like callback is that Gabaiji-chan obviously being old cannot like do a power bomb or cannot he cannot lift because he's back but uh on the other team you have emi sakura who it is younger and could definitely do a power bomb if she wanted but for the last year she's been selling a bad back and so it was a really really nice call up to sakura also having a bad back and so neither of them could do a power bomb in the match uh, we had the match of the night, or in my opinion, the match of the weekend. Uh, Misuki from Tokyo Jiu Jitsu Wrestling defeating Mesuruga. This was just great. Like 19 minutes of, uh, it, I wouldn't say it was heated wrestling, but it was just like good. Like they managed to like put a lot of passion into it. Obviously, Mesuruga doesn't want to lose against Misuki in her home promotion. And but you know Misuki doesn't want to come and lose to Mesuruga because Misuki is in a way way more established than Mesuruga, and so it was just like a great great match. Uh, they had a match a long long time ago, and so they played. They did some callbacks to that match where just like how they interact and how Misuki just like constantly uh, teases May. And I don't know, like, this was great. Uh, Misuki straight up won 
with a like it was pretty much a deadlift ger- uh suplex like no it's not german just like suplex uh because may had a guillotine and then misuki just straight up turned it into a suplex and won uh that looked pretty impressive obviously there were some ton of foot stomps from misuki like from every window and from every corner that she could just great stuff and then we had the main event of the night the super asia title um this is the the main singles title now in choco pro like newly created and minoru fujita defeated balianaki and i think they went about between 27 and 30 minutes because i remember hearing the like the 25 the 20 and 25 minute marks but i never heard 30 so it had to be like around those minutes but it was just like it was like so so different from everything in the show and so so different from many of the the shows that choco pro has because this felt like a real like serious match struggle uh you have two guys that just they want the championship and they're going to go out of their are like all out to get the championship uh fujita right now is almost like a belt collector he has three championships between um most of of, i think they're all in uh like deathmatch type of promotions uh but he has like a couple of uh, championships and aki you know he's like this is his again similar to meisuruga and mizuki like even if fujita is in choco pro like all the time uh aki is the guy of choco pro and so there's a struggle they worked on each other's legs um and pretty decent selling i i remember being on the chat uh during this match and people were confused whether it was selling or these guys were legit just gassed out because like the a lot of this, granted a lot of stuff wasn't looking so good there was a couple of spots that especially from aki that they're not looking so good but they just look gassed out um so i don't know like really pretty really really good match uh it's yeah it, it, yeah it's, it's interesting because it really was like so so different from everything else that choco pro tends to do like when choco pro it choco pro is a promotion that it's arguably a lot of comedy a lot of like nice things and cute things but every now and then it happened with Emi Sakura and Juna. It happened with Aki and Fujita. Like they they sometimes have serious matches, and when they do, they go all out. And those matches just end up feeling so so different from everything else they do. So this is this is free on on, on YouTube. Like go watch these shows, especially like the last two matches. Like they were definitely definitely great and if you've been hearing about got to move and just think it's a joke promotion then go and watch the show and you know decide for yourself whether uh whether having a ring is necessary to have wrestling uh because i don't think it is i think got to move is the, the one of the most innovative and like when it came to the pandemic, I think they are the promotion that handled the pandemic the best. <laughs> Straight down, like the line. Uh, but yeah, that was Got to Moves, 100th episode. 
two-day event and and just quickly uh before we get into impact there are two big shows happening on the weekend uh they're both i think happening on the same day uh april the 4th and we have new japan pro wrestling sakura genesis 2021 quickly going through the car we have uh doki saksaver jr and tai chi suzuki gun versus halo tangaloa and tamatonga uh, bullet club so it seems like we're back to techers versus the the gorillas of destiny probably building up to a title match in the future we got chaos the team of yoshihashi ishi koto yano and okada versus another bullet club team of togo ishimori takahashi uh yuhiro takahashi kenta and evil so uh, from here i'm guessing they're going to continue building the the six-man match maybe for one of the castle shows um but it's interesting that they still have okada here so like for security genesis it's interesting that okada is in your second match in a five on five match the third match is a chingo takagi sanada and tetsuya naito match versus the great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and X. Uh, this is the guy that will be debuting on, on Secret Genesis for the United Empire. Uh, you know, people have speculated Hinara because he is the easy storyline, just like straight up on a plate. Uh, other people have speculated on what's Carl Fredericks from the LA Dojo, who. Uh, it's, it's pretty ready and could definitely fit in the team of of Osprey and Cobb for sure. Uh, I personally think that it could be someone different from those two guys, and I hope so. Um, I'm putting my coin on Brody King. I think he would be uh, a good addition and really different to the other three guys. So we'll see. I mean... It's probably going to be either Hanan or Fredericks. That just like seems like the easy thing to do. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to do like the easy thing. I I don't know. Like, it, I think the only thing we know is that it has to be a heavyweight because on the other team is Takagi, Naito, and Sanada. If it had been Bushi, then maybe it would have been a, a junior guy. At which point it could have just been like Rob Eagles or whatever. Uh, the fourth match of the night is Kojima and, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Bad Luck Folly and Jay White. They're, so they're building Tanahashi and White for the the Yokohama show, I, I, I think. And we have a, a IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. The Rapongi 3K show and Yo teaming up against Kanemaru and Desperado, the champions. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that we may see Joe betray show because of how the promo that he did on on uh, the finals of the New Japan Cup came up because uh, he was wearing like all black and it was like kind of like out of nowhere. But I also don't think that's going to happen. I think we're just going to see them defend and probably be a team for a while. And the main event of the night is for the newly created IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Ibushi defending against Osprey. This is the first champion, first defense. This is where story starts. The history begins. Um, just quickly, I 
I like the belt. I don't mind it. Uh, I I think the previous one was better for sure. Uh, but I don't think this is that bad of a title of a championship. It's just gonna take a little while to get accustomed to it. I like the the throwback to the crown idea of the previous like three musketeers era of the title. So I don't mind it. I I when I the when I opened my eyes in the morning and I, I checked Twitter and I saw the picture, I was like, oh, I hate it. But then I know it's just like a matter of like actually paying attention to it and seeing like all the details and you're gonna be like, oh, this is actually a pretty decent title. Uh, the comparisons to the Divas title, the Jeff Hardy title, like Cody's tattoo, like those are all completely stupid comparisons. Uh, it just tells me that you don't watch anything else other than American wrestling. So eh, your opinion is meaningless. But yeah, uh, this is going to be a, I guess, a historic match in the sense that it's the first champion, first defense of this newly created championship. And that's it for Sakura Genesis. I, I mean, it's arguably a two-match show, maybe just one-match show. That's it's the crazy thing about like what New Japan is doing right now with their schedule. They're thinning. They're doing like so many big shows that they're thinning out some other cards, and so like. Sakura Genesis used to be something bigger. Right now, it doesn't feel like it just feels like a one match show. And after this, I think they're going to start building Wrestling Dontaku. And again, I don't expect much for Wrestling Dontaku, maybe like a one match show, uh, because they have to be saving stuff for the Yokohama, Tokyo Dome, and Osaka Joe Hall like little run they're, they're going to be doing on May. So. I don't know, like, I think they're really, really overdoing their schedule. I think they need to, you know, cut it off a little bit and let things breed a little bit. Because um, even, like, the fans, like, you cannot be buying $85 tickets for every row to show in Korakuen Hall. Like, if they do three on a row and then they do, like, Sakura Genesis and you want to go to Sakura Genesis... Because it's also in Tokyo, like, I'm going to put my money to go to Sakura Genesis uh, and skip the, the road to shows at Korakuen Hall. Because they're $85 tickets, man. Like, that's a bit too much. And the other show that's taking place on the very same day, that is Yokohama Dream Cinderella 2021 from Stardom. This is their big-ish show uh, after the all-star dream cinderella this show will be on pay-per-view i don't expect to buy it because i think it's pretty expensive but uh hopefully i can watch this show prior to the next podcast next week the opening match is asumi versus hina the returning hina versus lady c we have Momo Watanabe versus Mina Shirakawa, which I think is going to be good because I think Momo's gonna push Mina to to see what she really can bring to the table. And at the same time, uh, I think it's gonna help Momo just like no no, like do showcase herself, I guess. We have Unagi Sayaka versus Saya Kamitame, and I think this I can apply the same thing as the previous match. 
I think is going to help Saya uh, just show that she can do like a good match uh, against like arguably a younger, well, not younger, but like a someone that's lower in the card right now. And it's going to be good for Sayaka to show off against Kamidami. Um, her seven match trial is done. I think this is like an appendix match. And so th this is a match like, for instance, I cannot really like Kamitami makes sense to win just because she's way more established than Sayaka and Sayaka has been losing but after the seven match trial that's over I I mean Sayaka could now start getting some wins so I think this match is going to be good I think it's going to give us like a really different style for many of the matches tonight we have the big big um I think it's an elimination. Yeah, it's an elimination match where stars Mayuotani, Sayaida, Starlight Kid, Hanan, and Gokigen Def are going to wrestle Oedo Tai, Natsukotora, Ruaka, Konami, Saki Kashima, and Rina in a match where the last women uh, eliminated will have to join the other stable. This is really interesting because. I mean, the people involved in the match, like you can think, okay, so Hanan, Goki and Dev, uh, Rina, uh, like those three especially, like they can move from from stable to stable and it's not gonna mean anything. Uh, I can probably even say that for Raka who just joined, like it's not gonna mean anything. Um, because they're just like either rookies or they've already been like in several stables <laughs> so like yeah like those i think are meaningless but if they really want to make something interesting like just the idea of iwatani ida or starlight kid going to edotai or natsukotora or saki kashima going to stars would be really interesting i do not foresee konami losing also uh just because she is i mean she's been a baby face for most of her stuff in, in stardom and she's just like joined oedotai recently so i don't think they're gonna do that move but uh like i don't know like like for instance natsuko tora would be interesting because tora right now is the leader of the oedotai uh that'd be like making kagetsu uh, a baby face so i don't think it's going to be to be tora uh, just because of her position in the stable saki kashima would be interesting because she used to be a baby face uh like a stars baby face and so it'd be interesting to see her go back to that stuff but with the idea that she's now being forced to be uh that type of of wrestler so th those two like would be interesting. Uh, on the other side, obviously, Iwatani either or Kid would be so so interesting to see being forced as uh, Oedo time members, and that's actually where I think is going to be like the decision of this match. I think it's going to be Starlight Kid. I think we're going to see a like. I don't know if he's going to be full heel, but I think we're going to see Starlight Kid be forced into a tie and either one. 
she either fights against the Odotai system and just like pushes herself to to not fall into healer's tactics and she's going to be you know the baby face just having to like deal with everything or she we're straight up gonna see a black mask uh starlight kid and it's going to be amazing uh i think that's where it's gonna land i don't really see Ida working right now as an oil type force and mayu watani could be interesting uh again iwatani is like right now in her career at a point where there's not much left for her to do i think that's why she easily had the yoshiko match at uh, the all-star dream cinderella and not a title match because she's been there she's done it all and so joining with tie could be like a really interesting change for her you know uh but i i still put my my like to me to make this interesting and to make the next months interesting i think has to be starlight kid and i think it's going to be fantastic like she already had a title match uh not long ago and so she got that out of her system she can go heal ish for a while or have at least like a long storyline before breaking out of will tie and like finally going for a title and winning and establishing herself so i think it, i'm going for starlight kid as the one who loses the final fall uh and then we have uh, our three championship matches of the night First up, we have the Wonder of Stardom Championship, Tam Nakano versus Natsupoi. Natsupoi is a high-speed championship, but she will not be defending tonight. Um, this should be great, I think. Like, there's not a match of Natsupoi that I don't think has been, like, a show-stealer potential. She's just fantastic. Whoever she wrestles, Natsupoi is just, like, so fucking good. Uh, I don't know, like, she is... I wouldn't call her the... I guess we can call her the Rookie of the Year uh, because Stardom is technically her first big company. Uh, but she's just, like, so fantastic. Um, and Tam Nakano, you know, she's gonna, she, she's been really good and she's been having really good matches. But similar to, as we said with Hayashi Shita a couple of months ago, you know, this is the match where you you start to have to prove you know that you are worthy of the championship and you can have top matches against anyone you know uh so that's it uh the world of stardom championship the red title is going to be utami hayashita defending against b priestley i a lot of people are speculating that the whole reason b priestley was kicked out of the united empire is because she could potentially be winning the title from Hayashishita here. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Hayashishita is going to retain to build up to... Hmm. Like the money would be on Julia versus Hayashishita. But I don't know if they want to have that match right now or just have someone in between Hayashishita and Julia. Because I think... I think at the end of the year, Julia will be the champion, the red belt champion. Uh, so, I don't know. But I think Hayashita retains. Uh, but, yeah, like if there was a match where I think she, her 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 championship reign was in trouble, 
I think this is the first one that I felt that Hayashita could lose. Uh, but yeah, like, I do not foresee Priestley winning. I actually, if Priestley had been in the five on five elimination match, I would have thought Priestley was win was losing. I wouldn't be surprised if Priestley had lost and had been forced to join Stars because she came from Queen's Quest, who has uh, a certain aura about them, like they're really like all serious and tough. And then she went to a tie where they're all like, in a way, serious and tough. And so I figure, be Priestley going to Stars into the happy-go-lucky uh, stable would have been like a really interesting thing to see. And so I actually figure like uh, if this match had taken place on another match or on another night that B. Prissy was free, she could have been the one to to lose the, the whole match and move. But I mean, she, she has a bigger match tonight uh, going against Hayashishita. And the main event of the night is the Goddess of Stardom Championship, the tag team titles, uh, Micah and Himeka defending against Julia and Siuri, uh, Dona, uh, Dona del Mundo versus Dona del Mundo match. Uh, if you want to complain that why the tag team championships main event in, well, it's because Dona del Mundo is the best stable right now in like the promotion, probably Japan altogether. Like Julia means money and she's dragging everyone with her to make more money and so that's that's what makes sense and for that matter like if you look at the whole the three ch championship like if you look at the whole card i would have done stars versus oil tie as the main event uh just because of the repercussions but realistically like natsupoi challenging nakano is not that big of a deal to be honest especially because we know it's not going to be a title change uh hayashita priestley i guess could have main evented but I don't know. At the same time, I don't think it's also like that big of a deal. Um, I guess Michael Kimeka versus Julia Suri is not also the big of a deal, but I guess the allure of Dona del Mundo versus Dona del Mundo is interesting. And just straight up, you know, Julia right now is the face of the company. Uh, she's going to be main eventing. She is John Cena. And so, you know, don't be mad. But that is uh, stardom. Yokohama's Cinderella, Dream Cinderella 2021 in spring. Uh, it looks like a really fun card. Uh, it's pretty packed. So hopefully we can watch it soon. And that is it for the preview of the next weekend. Uh, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time to talk about this, this guys, you know. It's time for the impact traffic report welcome everyone to impact wrestling impact wrestling from march the 30th this is the final impact on a tuesday afternoon uh of which we are going to be talking about after i talk about the episode uh uh quickly on bti rohira juin hernandez defeated falaba and mahabalashira whatever the actual show opened with the knockouts tag team champions fire and flavor defeating surprisingly to me uh the team of havoc and nevea in a non-title match i honestly expected havoc and nevea to win and get a title shot at Hardcore justice but no um fire and flavor won and after the match 
Nevea finally turned on Havok and say what you will this is a storyline that had been brewing for months and months and they finally did it Th this is something that Impact right now is doing like a lot of the storylines they brew for a lot of time like you can say that there's not a lot of a lot of things happening in the storyline because there's not no like week to week progression and angles and everything but this had been brewing we had seen them like have dissension and then get back together and then once again like problems and here it just happened finally Nevea turned on Havoc um I don't know what it's gonna mean um uh, to be honest because of a thing that's going to be happening and we're gonna uh I'm gonna see it like a little bit at Hardcore Justice but I would imagine this should trigger Nevea versus Havoc or it should trigger i mean it should trigger nevea versus havoc at least once for sure but this could potentially trigger nevea and Tanil dash would become a team uh i don't know how they're going to play this one out i don't even know if nevea is still in the promotion to be honest but we'll see where it goes um gm miller interviewed james storm about his one thousand match in impact wrestling he talked nice things about Bob Ryder and Chris Harris. And then surprisingly, uh, Saban and Jake something brought out Chris Harris as a surprise for Storm. They hugged and America's Most Wanted was reunited for one night. It was nice to see. Uh, Miller also interviewed Diana Parasso and Susan. And this built up to Jazz attacking Susan after the the interview because they were just talking trash about her and this is going to play into another thing later on tonight um we had sammy callahan defeat larry d with ac romero this was actually uh, also surprisingly good um i was actually this was a match that i was really really looking forward to because i figured this is two like large dudes just hopefully like just beating the shit out of each other and granted it wasn't like as good as it could have been but it was pretty decent larry he's just like a really really good wrestler completely underrated just like straight up under the radar of so many people uh but he's really really good at what he does and i don't know like they just had like a really decent host fight um sammy callahan won with a it's that brain buster that you do with your with your like head between the legs like using the ropes as the pendulum or like not pendulum but like as the balancing bar so i don't even know what what it's called to be honest uh i should know because a lot of people do it but i just honestly do not know uh but yeah like and then afterwards ace romero attacked sammy callahan and left him laying uh the and obviously the buildup is that last week uh sammy callahan came out to save trey miguel from the triple xl beatdown and trip and trey miguel didn't didn't save callahan this like he didn't return the favor uh we got a video package from finn juice's run through the new japan cup and all the stuff that they've done over there with the impact tag titles it was okay uh it was actually like really nice to see all the the new japan stuff compiled into this little video 
and then we saw Omega, uh, Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the Good Brothers just watching the commercial, and then like you had Omega and Callis put over um, Finju saying they got better, but Anderson and Gallus were like not impressed. Um, then we had the skit where actually Callahan went to Trey Miguel and said like, "Hey, dude, like you didn't you didn't return the favor." And Callahan and Miguel's like, "Why the fuck would I do that? Like I don't like you, blah blah blah." And Callahan's all like, hey, you know, like the thing you like, dude, is passion. And that's the reason why I'm pushing you to, to your limits. Uh, like Callahan told Miguel, you need to capitalize on all your anger and fucking properly push it into passion. And I, I want to offer myself to do it, like to help you with it. Because like between you and I, we can, we can keep impact going for years and years. Uh, Callahan's like, I've been fucking carrying impact on my back for the last four years and i want you to be the guy you know to help me do it for, for the next four years uh and so miguel is not having any of this obviously and Callahan's told him like i'm gonna go to scott Moore and i'm gonna ask for a tag team match against triple xl and i'm going to ask him for you to be my partner so you have one week to think about it and so i'm guessing next week we may see like Callahan go up against both Triple XL and then Trey Miguel come out and finally join him and then they win or something. Uh, we saw Brian Myers defeat Suicide. Nothing match. Uh, it's one of those like reverse squashes where Suicide had controlled most of the match and then Myers just hit like two moves and one. Um, so yeah, not, nothing match. After the match, Myers addressed Matt Cardona's challenge <clears throat> from like a week ago uh he declined it so <laughs> okay <laughs> Matt Cardona actually wasn't in the whole show tonight so that's okay that's I, I don't I don't care for him backstage we saw Jazz go up to Tommy Dreamer and we know Tommy Dreamer is the one that's booking hardcore justice and so uh Jazz is saying that she wants a match against uh Diana Parasso and so Dreamer says like well Back in ECW, we used to have this thing called the Ultimate Opportunity. I don't know if you remember, um, where you get the match that you want, but you need to put something up for grabs. And so Jazz thinks about it, and she's like, okay, so I, I, I want a title match against Jazz, and I will put my career on the line in order to get it. And so we are going to be having a championship versus career match at Hardcore Justice, Diana Parasso versus Jazz. A couple of months ago, I would have been like, oh, well, obviously Diana Parasso is just going to retire Jazz because she's already like days away from actual retirement. But it's been such a long time since since her retirement was supposed to happen. And we do, I don't really know what her plans are right now that I wouldn't be surprised if she wins the title, you know, cause they, they've actually built up these two things. I mean, they didn't build them up, but like these two things just happened in a way that I don't know if jazz is going to retire or not. Like if she, if she's finally ready to retire because she did what she wanted to do just with impact before retiring, then Parasa can win and she will have, uh, she will be able to say that she retired Jazz, and that's a big thing. On the other hand, Jazz can straight up win her match and get her final championship run before actually retiring. And so both things can happen. Um, 
either i mean at the end of the day like they they're giving us a match where i, I straight up don't know who's going to win <laughs> so that's that's really good nowadays that is really good um we saw john uh Kenny Omega and Don Callis go to Swingers Paradise, uh, and they they place a bet for for Kenny Omega to win. Uh, uh, this being Swingers Paradise, it was nothing. Uh, <clears throat> I'm surprised to see Omega and Callis in it. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? They're they're really milking Omega, having been there for the tapings. Uh, we had. Ace Austin and Manman Fulton defeat TJP and Josh Alexander. This, so this match came upon after last week. Uh, Josh Alexander saved TJP from a beatdown from Austin and Fulton. And so this week they had to go up against the team. Uh, the story of the match was that both guys wanted to get their hands on Austin because obviously pinning Ace Austin means an exhibition championship match. Uh, and so they kept. Uh, just trying to steal each other's pins they kept trying to uh you know like just be the guy in the ring at all time and so there was a lot of dissension between gp and, and josh alexander who don't even like each other to begin with and so like the match surrounded uh that idea they had like a little part of the match where they seemed to be working better as a team but as soon as they came down again to to the pins like uh they, the dissension continued, and the the finish was that uh, Josh Alexander took out uh, Austin, and then TJP blind tacked himself in, hit the Mamba Splash, worked for the pin. Josh Alexander pulled him off, and he was like, "What the fuck? Like I'm supposed to be the the legal guy?" The ref's like, "No, nah, man." He TJP tacked himself in, and between that distraction. Uh, Ace Austin rolled up TJP and got the pin. Uh, so I I like the finish, actually. For one, they didn't pin Alexander. They pinned TJP, and I will always enjoy TJP being pinned. Uh, for another, it actually builds dissension between TJP and Alexander. So I think we should be getting a TJP-Alexander singles match, uh, maybe for the number one contendership. I don't know. Um, and you know, Austin still has two contenders right there for, for the pickings. Chris Bay hasn't been in the show for a while. I, I don't know if he missed this tapings, uh, or if he's just like taking some time off to, to kind of like rebuild. I don't know what's happening, but I, I think we're going to be getting Austin Fulton T I mean, Austin TJP Alexander at Harker justice like, at this point. And it should be good. Um, so yeah, like pretty good match. The wrestling itself was pretty good. Like, do you have really three top guys, and then Fulton, who is really good at what he does and what he's supposed to be? So no complaints. We had a really good skit uh, with Don Callis approaching Willie Mack, and he's showing the the one week the Angel video that he made, and. Rich Swan walks up and he and he's like, "Hey, what the fuck? Like, are you trying to to like getting like try to steal my friends? Like, you're not gonna get into my head, dude. Like, and and Callis came back with the best, like, probably one of the best quotes that I've heard in, in a while. 
he's like, uh, hey, hey, Swan, you know, like me and Omega really, really like your finisher. Uh, Omega told me he can't wait to kick out of it. And I was like, oh, that was like such a great burn. Um, but anyway, it built up to like Swan just saying that like he's not going to like Callis and Omega are not going to get in his head. And uh, if Callis wasn't the BP, his boss, like he slapped the bejesus out of him. And so Callis was like, well, you want to do that? Well, how about like for the next five minutes? I am not your boss. I am not the BP. I am just old school uh, Don Callis. And so he's pretty much like picking a fight with, with Swan and Swan takes the bite. And when he's about to attack uh, Callis, Omega and the Good Brothers jump Rich Swan from behind and attack them. And so they, they start a little brawl until Eddie Edwards makes the save. And so it's uh, three on three. Uh, and that match will be taking place next week. Uh, it's going to be Omega and the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan, Willie Mack and Eddie Edwards. And what it will be Omega's Impact TV debut. Uh, and also it will be like the main event of the Thursday uh, debut or I guess return. So it should be, it's, it, there seems to be building up that show like slightly like strong, you know. We got a vignette for, uh, so the, the best way to describe it is it's like a restroom at a punk bar. And there's like a bunch of like Ramones and stuff like posters. And then at the end, it says uh, like a little trick thing that says like it was like playing hangman where it's like space, space, letter, space. It I already got spoiled uh, by Twitter. It's supposed to be let's get wild with wild ending with an E. So it seems to be like the vignette for Taylor Wilde's return to the promotion. Um I thought, I, when I first saw it, I was like, is that supposed to be like, let's get rowdy? And so I figured that maybe uh, Roddy Piper's daughter was going to debut for the promotion. Uh, which, I mean, would have been interesting for sure. I mean, probably better than Tyler Wilde. But, I don't know. It's going to be wild. It's okay. The women's division definitely needs uh, a new contender so, for Deanna Parasso. So, I think Wilde will be okay. I hope they don't give the title to Wild. I like just like ODB, like let her come in, do some matches, get like lose her shot against Parasso, and then do whatever else you want to do with her. Uh, what else? What else? We got Rohit and Hernandez just like have a quick talk about like it was similar to what we had with most of the Brian Myers stuff was just like Hernandez telling Rohit that they're not a team, but as long as Rohit keeps playing, Hernandez keeps uh, playing, you know, so meh, whatever. Uh, we got a promo from Eric Young uh, addressing James Storm for the main event tonight. Uh, it, uh, it was okay promo. They're, it, it's similar to the promo that James Storm was, has been saying about Eric Young, but just like the other way around. And it's just about like, you know, a thousand matches. We built Impact, you and I. And like the world belongs to us and all that stuff. It was okay. Uh, yeah, no, nothing special. We had Tommy Dreamer had a meeting with the knockouts and he's going. To, he made the announcement that at Hardcore Justice, uh, there will be a number one contenders women's scramble match 
when anything goes uh, rules, so all weapons are illegal, the winner will get her shot at Rebellion. And so you have Havok, Grace, uh, Jordan Grace, um, Tennille Dashwood, Alicia Edwards, and Rosemary as an already announced talent for the match. I don't know if they're going to be adding more people. Uh, like you would imagine Taylor Wilde could be added to that match. Um, I think Sue Young will be at that match. Not Sue San, but Sue Young somehow. And if you ask me, I think the winner's going to be Rosemary. Uh, I think so. Because. I don't know. Like they, we always seen, we've seen that before, but we also seen Grace. Uh, we've seen. I mean, Alicia Edwards is not gonna did it. I guess we could see Tennille Dashwood versus Parasso, but I highly doubt that. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get Havok versus Parasso. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Taylor Wilde debuts in that match and she wins it, and that's how we get Wilde versus Parasso at. Rebellion. And finally, the main event of the night, James Storm's 1000 match of his impact run. Um, it was James Storm. He was second by Saban, Jake something, and Chris Harris. And then it was uh, Eric Young being second by all of Byland by Design. The match itself was good. It was really good, but it wasn't like anything special either. It was just like your quintessential... Uh, singles match where the babyface has control early on and then the heel uh cuts him off turns the match around works him, works on him for a while and then the babyface makes a comeback they go into trading strikes and near falls uh in this case we saw james storm hit the eye of the storm for a near fall uh eric young hit a he got a near fall with uh What's that move called? Uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the move, but uh, Eric Young also got his his uh, near falls in. And at the end, the brawl broke out with seconds. Uh, Chris Harris made sure, like, he attacked EY so that EY couldn't get his hands on his mask, that the one he used to defeat Eddie Edwards and Rich Swan back in back in those championship days and he set it up so that storm could hit the last call for the win there wasn't like no big celebration which i thought was uh really underwhelming um but at the end storm and his guys just posed on the ramp but i was really like expecting for storm and like for the locker room to come out and just do the big celebration thing but no they didn't and that was it. That was uh, the the whole episode for Impact. I thought it was a really good episode. I thought the wrestling was better than usual. Like uh, like Fire and Flavor versus Hawkeye and Avea is is good because Fire and Flavor is really good. Callahan versus Larry D is pretty good. Myers and Suicide was decent. It was like a squash match pretty much. Austin Fulton versus TJP and Alexander was great. And James Storm versus Eric Young was really good. Uh, so I felt inside of the ring was really good. Outside of the ring, we saw a lot of developments forwards, hardcore, hardcore justice and rebellion with Kenny Omega. Like I said, he was like all over the place. 
and we are building to the big uh i mean we're building to the the thursday move uh with it's at i at this point i think it's omega and the good brothers versus swan mac and eddie edwards but i guess we're also getting sammy callahan and trey miguel versus triple xl and i don't know what else maybe we get nevea versus havoc next week i don't know but uh so uh when it comes to to this uh podcast and that show like when i started this podcast i was re- doing the live uh, stuff for impact for figure for w online and so it just makes sense to me to record right after i i finished doing that writing so i would be like I have like a fresh impact in my head and it could like that's really the only promotion the american promotion that we cover unless there's like a big AEW show but uh since they're going to be moving to thursdays uh i am not going to be moving the podcast to thursdays or to fridays uh i will still be recording on tuesday nights and I guess the only difference now is that instead of recapping um, Impact as it just ended, I will be doing more of a pre-show preview of what we are to expect on the Impact that will be happening the day after this podcast comes out. And I think that's going to be better. That actually may end up being slightly more entertaining than just doing a quick recap because a lot of these recaps sometimes like nothing really happens. And after talking about, you know, Higuchi's versus Akiyama's and Mizuki's versus Mesuruga's, like having to talk about James Storm versus Eric Young may be uh, not always like super exciting. But I think if you do, if you just leave it down to like doing quick previews to impact, it may be just slightly more entertaining because uh, I would imagine that by th- Tuesday, Impact already has announced most of the card for Thursday. And I can give you a quick intro on th- uh, of each match and why that match matters. And I think that may be the best way to do it. Um, I, and also like for, for going over the previous uh, week's episode, I can just leave it down to like maybe the biggest uh, most important things that happen uh, like I don't need to probably talk about Johnny Swinger's Paradise anymore uh, unless people want to hear about Johnny Swinger's Paradise so that is it for this week um, hopefully next week we can talk about Stardom and New Japan for sure New Japan uh, our Stardom is going to be trickier but hopefully we can talk about both shows and remember to go to iTunes and Spotify where you can find this podcast. So leave a like, a review, a subscription, or whatever you are uh, offered. Uh, everything helps to get this, the podcast on more eyes. Likewise, you can share this podcast on Twitter. And you can go to DW Revolution on Twitter where you can find me. Uh, where I usually have most of the interaction with the outside world. But also you can go to TheWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find the written versions of all the recaps and reviews that we do on this show. 
in addition to figure four w online where do i do the live recap of impact wrestling as it's happening and i will be continuing to doing that for figure w online once they move to thursdays and i mean coming up we have the move to thursdays and then we have harker justice and then rebellion so uh, april is going to be a packed packed uh month for impact wrestling fans and that is it i think that is the all all the plugs that i need to get in uh, also uh wrpspodcast.com where you can find this podcast uh also on friday nights uh, we are still doing the all japan women's twitch streams at seven mountain time last week we we kind of canceled it because choco pro number 100 was happening at the same time and realistically i just really really want to watch that show <laughs> but that is not going to be happening so often so this week we will be having all japan women's unless something monumental happens and i have to postpone or at least move it some a couple of hours but yeah, I, uh, I do believe that we are going to be watching some matches from All Japan Women's, but in Mexico. So that sounds really interesting. Um, uh, it's going to be a lot of like we've seen so many like Galactica uh, and Rossi Moreno matches where they are heels. It'll be interesting to see if they are still heels in Mexico, but that's going to be happening on Friday. So that is it for this week. Thank you for listening. Remember to share and subscribe and whatever. Uh, enjoy wrestling, and I'll see you next week. Adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.